What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, College Football Wednesday. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. As always, special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com. Great online sports book, TopNotchOdds.com. Put in promo code SHARPEDGE and you could get up to a 200% deposit bonus. They've got great options on lines before games, during games, really. I mean, a lot of things that these other online sports books are getting wrong, they get right at topnotchodds.com. Plus, get your money in easy and out easy. I mean, that, that's the main thing, right? You want to be able to get your winnings out, and uh, it's very simple. Online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. All right, it is the last college football Wednesday of the season. New schedule starting next week, so stay tuned uh, either on here or on Twitter for the uh, new schedule. But we're going to play back a portion of College Football Weekly, the show that I am on, hosted by Will Chambers. And, of course, we just wrap up the Clemson-LSU National Championship as well as the season in general. So we'll play that right back now. Enjoy. Like, where right now would you have Ed Orgeron in the hierarchy of current head or uh, college football head coaches? Yeah, it's an interesting debate because, you know, we saw four years of what Coach O did at LSU, and what we know is that he's, I mean, his his floor is that he's a very good coach. LSU was constantly winning 9, 10, 11 games even before this year, and then now they go, what do they go, 15-0 and 0 or 16-0? and 0? How, how, how does that number end up after the playoffs? Is it... Uh, you know, uh, so so 13, 15 or no, 14, 15, yeah, yeah. 15 or no. So that's tough. No, I, no, 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 no. Because, uh, oh yeah, 12 regular season, right? Yep. Then yeah, conference yeah, yeah, championship, yeah, yeah. then two playoff games. So 15 and 0, I mean, there's only now, I think, uh, with coach O, we're now looking at five active coaches with national champions. You've got crazy Ed Ordron, Dabo, uh, Nick Saban, you have Jimbo Fisher, and then you have Mac Brown. I think that's oh no, and Les Miles is back. So six. There are six active college football coaches that have won a national championship, and that's it. So just having that to your title has to count for something. Now, where you rank him amongst those guys is yet to be seen. Because you're right, we do need to see where he continues. Because he at at least from an outsider's perspective, he does seem to be the kind of guy where he's more of a CEO and he's, you know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. if he's going to be su- successful, it's about hiring good, good coordinators. So does but, that make him that, a good coach? Yeah, it does. Because that, you also have to look at that for other coaches too, right? I mean, some of the best coaches out there, for all we know, maybe they're not even that involved in the X's and O's and the game planning. They're just good CEOs and they're good at bringing in the right coordinators and going with their system. Not many head coaches call plays. We know that. Uh, it's not a common thing. Most of them defer to their coordinators about that. So really it is about just managing the team, motivating your team, and doing the you know the day-to-day, the, in, the, uh, the business side of things. I really believe that. Now, a lot of coaches, it's not to say they're not involved, but I just think it's hard to judge that when you're not, if you're not involved in the program, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's, it's, I think it's hard to judge that, but we can still kind of get an idea of, you know, coach rankings and there's 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 CEO coaches, there's there's coaches like Mike Leach who are going to actually call plays, but you know, they they still belong on the same list, you know. Yeah. And I just have a hard time putting Ed Orgeron on the top level of coaches. And here, I I think that the I'm I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but the verdict is still out because he had the best quarterback in college football and the best 
whatever offensive coordinator, quarterback, whatever you want to call Joe Brady, whatever his Passing title was. Right, right, yeah. right, right. We all know he was heavily involved in yeah. coordinating the offense. Someone to call him an offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. yeah, of course. So I think that, look, once Joe Brady leaves, I think we're going to learn a lot more about Ed Orgeron. Like, it takes a lot to keep it up. Even a coach like Mike D'Antoni, right, for uh, for for Michigan State. D'Antonio. I mean, or D'Antonio, yeah. excuse me. I always get those two. Everyone up. does. D'Antoni and yeah. Dina, or, uh, the NBA, of course. So D'Antonio for the Spartans, I mean, he's consistent, man. He He's seen... At least he was. Well, and, and that actually may not be the best example because he's had coordinators for a long time. And I don't want to use Nick Saban because he's like the pinnacle. But there right. are... And I'm, I'm, there are plenty of coaches out there who have seen coordinators come and go. Right. And they keep a level, steady program right yeah. nine wins a year ten wins a year i know yep. even harbaugh has lost a couple guys right not his, he's defi- lost a, he's not lost his a, defensive guy but he's, he's had lost. plenty of turnover exactly uh, uh he, i mean he had some turnover at and we'll talk side, about michigan yeah. and maybe they're not meeting expectations it's a lot of fancy but they're consistent and, right. and you can't argue that they're you know they're have bad seasons right you know? yeah i think this could be considered a bad season for them yeah and that's a testament to, to jim harbaugh at least keeping them consistent so we're gonna see the next couple years if Ed Orgeron can not stay at this level because that's not really sustainable, but if he can keep being great, you know, yeah. and if Joe Brady leaves, then fine. I think that he deserves the opportunity to keep that CEO title and, and to hire someone new, but it's important to to show everyone, including, you know, people like myself, that that wasn't a one-time hit, you well, know, that it wasn't a one-off and that he can keep doing this. Right, so it's interesting you say that. I thought you would have seen this by now. This did just happen a couple hours ago. Joe Brady is is gone. He, he oh really? He just, I did not. This, this just There's hit a story. This hit like an hour ago before we of started a coach recording. Named Brady and I I didn't know if you would know or not, and so I didn't say anything before we started recording. But he accepted the offensive coordinator job. Guess where? Take a guess. He is. He, okay, hold, hold, hold on. He's hold not on, taking on. a head coach job. Okay, so it's an offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. Would it? Uh, can you give me a conference? Or is it too obvious? Maybe there's no conference. Oh, wow. Okay. Carolina Panthers? Yes. Shut up. Yes. Hey, really good job. So <laughs> nicely done. Yeah, he he joins Matt Rule yeah. at w- with the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if uh I believe Matt Rule was always a defensive guy. Actually no, I don't know if that's true cuz he was an offensive line coach in the NFL many years ago. So I don't know if he was a offensive coordinator, Matt, defensive coordinator guy before he was a head coach. Matt Rule looks like he threw a lot of temper tantrums as a child. Doesn't he? He looks like mm. a very petulant brat when he doesn't get his way. I don't know. Just I mean, like, he like the facial expression. Maybe his face. He definitely doesn't uh, have that. He just has that resting personality. Bitch face. He seems. <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it. You don't hear <laughs> that described a lot of men. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but but you're right. Uh, but no, I mean, at least his demeanor is the opposite of that. He seems like a very humble dude. Um, resting. We just got scored on face about that. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's gonna be very interesting to see because we know Joe Brady. He kind of. Uh, he cut his chops, so to speak, in in the NFL before coming to LSU. He was with New Orleans, but he was just kind of a a passing game assistant, or or had some kind of a a lesser role with the Saints. Now he's going to be a full on offensive coordinator with Carolina with Matt Rule. So that's interesting. So yeah, that does greatly affect LSU because what we oh, know big time. Yeah, and and look, I think that what Coach O is. We talked about we started talking about it about where do you rank him. He has to be ranked highly because he is a national championship head coach now. But 
to me, what he is is he is in that category of very good coaches, very good head coaches, and then he also happened to kind of get the perfect storm where they pulled, they got a transfer quarterback in Joe Burrow who clearly showed. I mean, last year he was good, but he wasn't great. This year he was incredible, and that's because, once again, the perfect storm. You get that quarterback who is capable and talented, and you match him up with a really great offensive system, and then everything else has to come together. LSU has great talent around him. Obviously, they have a very good defense, wide receivers, all of that, and that's what it takes in order to be a national champion. You have to have the talent there. You have to have the coaching, the system, the players, all of that come together. Unless you're you know, an Alabama or a Clemson where you just reload and reload, if you're going to be a team like LSU – where you break through and get to that next level where they haven't been, you know, recently at all. The LSU hadn't made a playoff right, uh, since right. the playoffs had started. So to do that, that's what it takes. You have to have elite coordinators, elite quarterback, especially, and all kinds of talent, and, and everything else has to go your way too. Yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a little bit before LSU's back in yep. this spot again. I mean, the I SEC agree. I mean, is so good. The Big Ten's getting better, unless yeah. there's some kind of expansion, right? And they open things up. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But you um, never know. Look, the recruiting will probably uh, get an uptick after this for sure, and uh, and maybe the because uh, the guy who was officially offensive coordinator was Steve Esmeyer. Esminger, something. I think it's Esmeyer. Yeah, he owes me money. Uh, he, he. I'm sure picked up a lot of things from Joe Brady, and I, I think you've seen this. There have been other times. Uh, in college you football know what I think about that. Will. Where the coordinator leaves, and then they still kind of have remnants of it. It'll never be as good without Joe Brady, but there will still be. They'll at least know certain things to add into their offense Dude. to make it good. I don't think it'll be a, a, a steep fall off to what we saw in LSU offense before this year. That all depends on how good this guy really is. Well, a couple things. First, you know my my sentiment that proximity to greatness does not equal greatness. And that if yeah. you're around people who are great at their job, I think we see this in every industry, right? It doesn't mean the people who work hard are the people who are great. And, and the people who are, I mean, it's successful. It's, yeah. Well, it, 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 and there's an even combination, I think, of working hard. Then there is some natural talent that goes along with sure. it, being very good at something. Okay. I always go back to one scenario. As our listeners know, I am a CU football fan, University of Colorado. I'm not a popular national team or anything like that. But they had an instance with a coach and a coaching swap. Uh, about 10 or so years ago, maybe a little more, that was national news and that a lot of people know about now. Chris Peterson is now looked at as one of the best coaches in college football. If you rewind, again, I'm not sure if this was 10 years ago, roughly or so, 10 or 15 to where yeah. Dan Hawkins was the head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Well, my team, the CU Buffs, hired Dan Hawkins away from Boise State. They had a couple 10, or a 10, 11, 12 win years. This is when they beat Oklahoma in the, uh, was no. it not when they beat no, Oklahoma? that was Chris Peterson. Oh, you're yeah. right. Hawkins I, was good. I always do that. But either way, they were getting better and better, right? They were yeah. getting national notoriety. So CU hires Dan Hawkins thinking, we're getting the mastermind behind this whole Boise State operation. What happens? He comes to CU and completely drives our program into the tank. He was an awful coach. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. Right. What happened is behind the scenes, Chris Peterson was pulling all the strings, making Dan Hawkins look a lot better than he was. Today, Dan Hawkins, 
not out of football. I think he's coaching either some D2 school or something like that. He's in yeah. coaching, but it's not a good job. I mean, yeah. you know, for where he once yeah, was, his he has fallen ruined. off the cliff. Yeah. And Chris Peterson is elevated. Well, he, he now retired, obviously. Right. But he went out at the top. I mean, yeah. I think there's not one true college football fan who watches Pac-12 football who would say that he's not a top five coach if he came back next year, Will. Do yeah. you agree? Yeah, for sure. But so, and, and, and but, look. My, but my, my my point is that no one really knew until he left, and then so right. so I do believe that if Joe Brady's that good and this guy isn't, I do think that we could see LSU win eight games next year. I do think eight we, games? yeah, man. Dude, I, I think know. we could see that much of a drop off. I mean, I'm not predicting it, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if they go eight and four. Eight and four is not a bad season. You just saw yeah. Michigan go eight and four and win a bowl, or did nine, they go nine four nine lose and four. it yeah. into Alabama? But still. Eight and four. You say you have the opportunity to go nine and four in a bowl game. Pretty nice little bowl game around. That's not a terrible season in the SEC, who, no, by yeah. the way, is getting better and better. Mike Leach is going to bring Ole Miss up. Or was it Mississippi State? Mississippi State. Yeah, we'll get into that stuff. Here yeah, in a sorry, bit, but, sorry, yeah. but uh, I'm going off. But but you see what I'm saying with the assistant coaches, how a lot of times in college football, and, and I don't have that many more examples, so maybe it's not that often, but it can happen to where those guys are that good. Right. But the difference here is that we saw LSU before he got there, and they were but still very good. Don't you think that if you're unless you're a bad coach, you're going to win eight games yeah, a year at LSU? Yeah, yeah. But that's what Nine I'm saying games. is that is that we saw we already saw Ed Ordron win. 9, 10, 11 win seasons before Joe Brady was there. So I don't think we'll see that steep of a fall off where they'll just plummet. Well, and, out I, of, and I also think it's because he's a great recruiter. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the best for sure. And they're in a talent-rich state and area. And so I think they'll be okay. Yeah, will they Will they drop off and not be a national championship contender? Most likely. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out here soon. Obviously, they have to replace Joe Burrow, too, and a lot of talented receivers. But, uh, man, the game, though, the game was so good. So Clemson is up 17-7 early. They're yeah. up 10, and I am sweating because obviously Tyler Tyler backed Clemson there plus 5.5. I was feeling good. You're feeling good. Uh, I get the win, but Tyler still, of course, wins the overall season bet board, but it was close, 15-14-2 after I get my last win here. Close to win. Close one. And if only you had agreed to make it a two- or three-point game for for a 15 point spread yeah. like i had if offered only i would have changed the rules <laughs> and given won. you multiple and i wouldn't have taken well, michigan to, over alabama which i didn't want to score. do anyway it was a pleaser tyler you got to give me better odds i gave you alabama <laughs> and two so i gave you one there and i didn't give you two so really i won by like really when you get done with all the numbers i won by like 10 or 11 mm. games at the very end of it <laughs> 10 or 11 yeah, <laughs> yeah sure no but man this game was incredible you know lsu just didn't look like themselves clearly clemson dabo and Brett Venables and that coaching staff had a really great game plan. They came out. They looked like the better team for basically the whole first quarter. They they had LSU just not looking like themselves. They had them completely, uh, you know, backpedaling. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't look good. He was missing guys. They weren't finding their receivers dropping passes. Uh, the Clemson defense was flying all over the place, being incredible. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne were playing great on offense, and they get that big lead, and then. LSU just look all they figure out whatever whatever it was Clemson was doing to stifle their offense they figured out what they were doing and were able to make the adjustments and all of a sudden they come and, and end up scoring a bunch of points and they're up at halftime they end up being up 28 to 10 at halftime and it felt like or sorry 28 17 yeah, at yeah. halftime they ended up being at, at, at that point you were right it's not over but it almost felt like it was over because once you see LSU once you're reminded oh yeah this is how good LSU is at that point, you have to say, well, Clemson's going to have to score 30 points well, and, and in the second the, half to win this. LSU just moving the ball too easily. And yeah. 
No one can stop that. And that's not even a knock on Clemson has one of the best defenses in the country. Nobody was going to stop LSU this year. I mean, you're, Clemson honestly was one of the best teams in the whole in the whole country this year defensively. And then you look at the stats that LSU put up on them. LSU had 628 yards of offense, 460 wow. <laughs> through the air. That's jo- so crazy. 460 through the air. Joe Burrow had five passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. That in a national championship game on the the vaunted Clemson defense, Brett Venables, all that stuff, it's incredible. It set a record. It's yeah, it's insane. And then I mean, how good is Jamar Chase, man? Yeah. Nine catches, two hundred and twenty one yards and two touchdowns. He balled out of control. It was incredible. I loved everything. This was just such a, a showcase of talent in this game. You had talent all over the place and on Clemson's side too. Trevor Lawrence didn't have his best game and I think one of the big things looking back on it now is that we all underrated the LSU defense. I mean, they're they're clearly talented and they had games this year where they struggled. They, they did. They, they had weren't. a couple. But man, if you're Dave Aranda probably leading up to this game, the the LSU defensive coordinator, everyone's talking about Brett Venables, Dabo, and then they're talking about uh Joe Brady and the LSU offense. We didn't hear anything about the LSU defense. No, no one even mentioned Dave Aranda's name it seems like in the national media and he's got to be sitting back saying, "Excuse me, I'm still one of the best <laughs> defensive coordinators in the country. I have two weeks to prepare for this team. Uh, and, and he showed, he reminded everyone how good he is, how good that defense is. And LSU's, I mean, Grant Delpit in the secondary, he had a great game. They're, they're, they got a better pass rush. Uh, they, they just were better in almost all facets of the game. And then it really just came down to the fact that no one is going to stop that offense, that Joe Burrow with those wide receivers, it it felt like an NFL offense to me. Like that, watching that game and watching pretty much all of LSU's games this year, it reminded me of when, like how Tom Brady when he was kind of in his prime, how they would just carve up defenses and you just felt helpless. There was nothing you could do. It didn't matter. LSU or Clemson came out with like a three down lineman and seven seven secondary players for most of the game. They clearly knew they had to find a way to stop the pass, and there, there was just no. There's not enough you can do. You just can't stop it. LSU was the best team overall. Uh, I mean, you look at the first couple weeks of the year, and I thought it was going to fade. But offense, defense, special teams, I mean, they were just great. And like you said, that's what you need with national champions to be uh, good all the way around coaching. And, uh, yeah, it, w- it was a good season for LSU. Oh, yeah. Now people are talking. I think it's a. I think it's an honestly a real debate. I don't think it's bullshit. People were saying, "Is this one of the best college football teams of all time?" Yeah, I heard that too. I don't think it's that. I don't think that's a stretch at all. So look, there. I saw this stat. They played seven teams ranked in the top ten this year. They they have to be in the conversation. The, the, the they schedule, the stats, the offense, undefeated. They yeah, went seven and zero against top ten teams, and in all but let's see, in only three of them were they even one score games. Yeah. So that means four top ten teams where they won easily it wasn't a one score i mean they blew out that they blew out uh they didn't blow out florida but they won by 14 they blew out georgia and they blew out oklahoma oklahoma is a very good team yeah and they they hung 62 on them and so i i don't think that that debate of them being one of the best teams of all time not is crazy, crazy no at not at all i mean i mean you know the the Miamis of the early two thousands, the old right. Nebraska and, and Notre Dame Alabama teams. Yeah, 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 those are obviously in the conversation. For but sure, LSU's got to be right there. Yeah, it's just weird because I kept expecting, I kept waiting for them to. Are they going to fall here? Are they going to fall here? And right, yeah, they so. didn't do it, and they continue to just look like themselves all year long. And I was so, I'm so happy for Coach O seeing 
for them to do it in New Orleans too, in the, in the Superdome, and I, they must do a good job of managing tickets because I was afraid there would only be like a small section of Clemson fans. <laughs> it still wasn't half and half, but there were a lot of Clemson fans there. It was loud. That that place was rocking, and I'm happy for Coach O to get it done in the state of Louisiana. I was so happy for him. Happy for Joe Burrow, and the, the whole game afterwards. I don't know if you saw. This was an, it's been it's been blown up on Twitter today, but Odell Beckham Jr. of course yeah. LSU grad was there. It's going and crazy. He was partying. I I can't prove it. Obviously, he looked drunk to me after the game. I'm sure you know he's celebrating. He's of age, whatever, and he looked like he was drunk. Did you see that he was giving cash to uh to to LSU players after the game? What? So they're all out there. The confetti's all over the ground, right? They're all wearing their championship T-shirts and shit, and he has like a fanny pack on. And he opens up his fanny pack. Justin Jefferson is standing across from him. And he pulls out a wad of cash, what appears to just be $100 bills, f- flips, you know, maybe five or 10 or more, and and slaps them to Justin Jefferson right in front of the cameras. Cameras are, are right there on them. And this is the best part because obviously that has, even if Justin Jefferson is going pro, which I believe he is, that still will have, there's no way that NCAA is just cool with that. Like, oh, the season's over. No, no, no. You can't have right. NFL players <laughs> like, just giving, giving guys money on the field, right? What the hell? But so LSU's media came out with a statement today and said, Odell Beckham was, it was a stunt. He was giving him fake money. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, <laughs> yeah, man. Right. You know, you can, you can hate, <laughs> you can, you can hate on, you know the fact that that obviously p- players all over the country, and it seems like it might be more prevalent in the SEC, are getting paid. And personally, I say good for them; they they deserve it. I'm happy some players are finding a way to earn a living when they're making so much money for the schools, for the NCAA, blah blah blah. But don't co- like obviously now they can't just That's prove just it. So there's no way to prove it. Like they could zoom in on it and be like, clearly this isn't monopoly right. money, but. He's giving him <laughs> cash. You think that that Odell Beckham Jr. thought, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the National Championship game. Let me load up my fanny pack with fake money, so that when the cameras are on me, I can." That's hand the, it to the worst, players. stupidest excuse. Yeah, he gave him like a thousand dollars. It looked like they were clearly like hundreds. What's more obvious, that or Epstein killed himself? Uh, we or not, didn't kill himself. We uh, we don't have the video of Epstein doing <laughs> it, so I would say this is more All obvious. Right. Right. Even though uh, you know they deleted the uh, the video of, uh, from you know conveniently, the cameras weren't working outside his jail cell. Man, you and I could go all day about that. But I thought that was hilarious. Like, what a bullshit excuse. And I'm sure the NCAA will look into it and they won't be able to prove it, that you know that it wasn't real money, which it so obviously was, man. Odell's not... He's not, I didn't see the part where he was holding, giving money out. Yeah, he, was, so he, funny. he literally he slapped was, high, a high five with a handful of cash to Justin Jefferson. He's in the locker what room is he after... What thinking? Like, like, a lot of these guys... He was drunk. I, that's what I... I, think, yeah. I really think he looked drunk. Which good for him, man. If I was, if that was my team, you know, if I was a grad <laughs> and they're winning the national championship, I'm gonna be drinking too. So I'm not like ripping on him for that. I don't think he's like a scumbag for doing this. But it's like maybe don't do it right in front of the cameras, <laughs> right? And then you had guys, players smoking cigars in the locker room after the game. Joe Burrow was smoking cigars. I guess even like a police officer at the uh, at the Mercedes Benz Superdome tr- tried to tell these guys, "Hey, you can't smoke in here. If you if you smoke in here." I, I can arrest you, and apparently all the players just laughed in his face. And we're uh, like, no, like, we're not. Stu- you know, we're champions. <laughs> we're smoking our cigars. Stop. It's like just let them have fun, man. <laughs> right? They're national champions, and they're and they were underdogs. I mean, not not in the sense of in this game, but no one, m- most people didn't 
give LSU a real shot at winning a national championship this year no. before the season. No chance, man. I mean, so I, you I never thought they were a real contender. Yeah, for sure. But you're right. It will be interesting to see how – If will this just be a flash in the pan? Will this just be lightning in a bottle for one year for LSU? Or will they at least be able to – You know, maybe they, they, they don't continue on the same level that we've seen with Alabama and Clemson, but can they compete? Maybe will they beat Alabama now – you know, two out of every four years or something like that. That'll be the real interesting test. Yeah. I mean, if I'd guess, I'd say absolutely not. Man, you never know. You now, yeah, you never know. That's true. You <laughs> never know. I don't know. It, it does seem like if there is going – everyone – we all know at one point Alabama is going to fall from, from the dominance they've had. They've been on maybe the most historic run in college football history over the last decade. And so could this be the start of it? It's got to happen sometime. I don't know. I'll take I'll take all of these teams to win a national championship before LSU. Alabama, Auburn, Auburn, Texas A&M, Clemson probably, right? Oh, uh, yeah, going outside the SEC, we'll go Clemson, uh Ohio State, Oklahoma. You think all of them all of them are have one a of, chance to have a chance before LSU will, will wins win another. will win before LSU wins another, yeah. I don't yeah. know about all of those. I definitely think you'd be right to say Alabama, oh, oh. Clemson, and Ohio State. I I, Actually, I would push back on Auburn big time. Oh, Auburn, let's go Gus, baby. Gus is going to come out swinging next year. Yeah, well, we'll see. But, <laughs> man, great game, great year. Uh, this really was just the year of, of Coach O and LSU and Joe Burrow. Yes, it was. And he's the last – <laughs> There's no question about that. There's no question about that. He's the last. Joe Burrow's the last Heisman-winning quarterback to win a national championship since Jameis Winston did it, I believe, in 2015, 2014. Great. That's great news for Joe Burrow. Well, no, good I mean, luck, buddy. That, that's true. You don't want that comparison, but it just goes to show you most of the time the Heisman winner doesn't win the national championship. Usually there's like that Heisman slump. Usually the Heisman winner it. isn't very good next year. So That is true. Good luck, everyone in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Hope got it. Cincinnati yeah. Bengals, worst coaching staff, worst offensive line, worst defense. Yeah, he's set up for success next year. Well, at least he's going home. He's an Ohio kid. Oh, yeah, so good. That. He's at least close he to can, home. Yeah, good, That's go something. That's soup something. at his mom's house. I wish, him, I wish him the best, honestly. Good for him. What a great story for him to be you know, a guy who couldn't win the job at Ohio State and transfers out and no one's giving him a chance. Yeah, It's just incredible. This whole year has just been a great story for college football. It's been something else, Will. But it hasn't been. There was other things. Tyler mentioned it before. I want to talk about a couple things that happened the last couple weeks here, or the last week in college football. Obviously, the big one, Mike Leach. He leaves uh, Pullman, Washington, to take the job at Ole Miss. Or, sorry, Mississippi State. That's right. He's back. So, this is great because if you look at just the coaches it's in that division, the, S- the SEC, that's the SEC West, right? Uh, what is it again? Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. The East is going to be the uh, uh, Missouri's or the uh, uh, Florida and um, uh, yeah, Mizzou. Yes. So in the West, let me just pull it up. I'm trying to pull up all the teams. Tennessee, so, Tennessee's in the East. Yeah. So here's what here's what I know. Here here are the coaches that you have in that division. You've got Nick Saban. You have Gus Malzahn. You have Coach O. You now have. Uh, who's the new uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss? You have Mike Leach at Mississippi State, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, and then whoever Arkansas hired. I can't remember his name, but just the entertainment value alone. Look, I I know <laughs> Tyler's been a huge fan of Mike Leach, and we're both fans. SEC but, Media Days are going to be great next yeah, year. <laughs> yeah, and and we're, we're yeah they're going to be incredible. They're going to be like full of amazing sound bites. But 
look, you know, we both love Mike Leach from an entertainment value. I think you're much higher on him just as a football coach overall. I think he's very good, and I think he does well at places where they traditionally don't win a lot of games. I don't think he's going to win a lot at Mississippi State. I think the ceiling for them is like a nine-win year, maybe, and I think most time he's going to be going seven and five. That's my prediction. No, I, I think my, right now, if I make a top ten head coaches, Mike Leach is in the top ten. I, I think, think this guy insane. is so consistent. Wherever he goes, he's going to win. Yeah, he's consistent. He's, Let's he's, see. He never wins big games. He's not great against rivals. Uh and you know what? He's you. Uh, you got to give the top him credit. Ten, he's been he's in been, college football. There's like the top five, which or the top six or so, which is so obvious and clear. But then it's a huge debate after that for the next couple. I don't think so. I think that it's easy enough to make a debate for guys that are better than than Mike Leach. And I'm not trying to hate on the guy. It's just I don't think he's worthy of a top ten title. Well, uh, uh, we got the elite class, the Nick Saban. Yeah. Um. I mean, Dabo. Dabo. Uh, let's let's even get Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh out of the. Let's go like the first couple classes, not just the elite, right? Because that's like five guys. But even right. Jim Harbaugh's above him. Um, Ryan Day, Ryan Day. Let's put above him. Yeah. Uh, Jim, so Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. I think there's way more than that too. I think you could look at James Franklin as being much better. I think you the Pac-12 right Christ now. At Wisconsin. No better. fucking way. Wisconsin's Paul been a way better team than Wisconsin any. gets players. If Mike Leach goes to Wisconsin, Whoa. they're winning gets players. Wisconsin better players than Washington well. State or Texas Tech are getting. I don't know about that. Texas Tech is the only school in Texas that can't recruit. They've fallen off the map since he left. Yeah, but he Washington had State's NFL fall caliber guys. Look at Washington State before he got there after he got there. Yeah, I'm not this is what we talked that. about earlier in the show. Uh, you can judge a good coach by what happens when they leave or when they go somewhere. Sure. Mike Leach, when they go somewhere, they start winning. Again, maybe if it's only eight games a year, but he'll take a team that wins one or two games a year and he's now winning eight, nine yes, games a year based yes. on his scheme. I agree with I'll you. I'll take that all year. If he came to the University of Colorado Buffaloes, I would love that, man. Yeah. I think he's going to win ball games. Maybe it's it's a lot to say top five, but I think you or can top make it... Top ten. That's what, you're, that's well, what you well, said. Well, I still think that's a lot. Well, what I said is lower half of the top ten, which is five to ten. I think it's more maybe ten to fifteen, but he gets shit on way too much. He's a great coach. You're not going to... You're not going to convince me that Paul Christ, who runs this system, that he he's getting better and better players. He has the best offensive line of the year, if not one of the best offensive yeah, lines every season. Yeah, but they never season. recruit. They never recruit. They're never even in the top three in the Big Ten recruiting, and yet they always compete. He does. He's another coach that does more with less. I think if he would have stayed in the Pac-12, Mike Leach, he's the best coach in the Pac-12 next season. No, who's no better? Way. But I, I clearly, I think Mario Cristobal is better. I think oh I think God. I think Kyle Whittingham is better. Talk about doing more. If with Mike less. Leach were at Oregon, he would make Mario Cristobal look like me out there, I don't, which is I not don't good. Think that's true. I just he's never shown to if, have a good defense. Ever. He's never, had, he's a good never job. had a good defense. He's never had a good job. Yeah, but that's fine. Other coaches can and do that. It's that's. A, I think that's all a product, he is is offense. That's it. I think it's a product of. I'm a big believer that in, in in especially college football, if you're so so heavy with the offense and you're so offense reliant, you're gonna have a bad defense. We even see it sometimes bleed into the NFL when Peyton Manning came to the Broncos. It was weird. The Broncos went from having one of the best defenses ever, and then Peyton Manning had those great seasons. The defense fell off, and then what happened when they won the Super Bowl? Right, Peyton Manning right, had a terrible right. year. The defense was good, so it seems always to work that way. To where if you have a great offense and you're so reliant on offense and the coaching staff worry about offense, it's tough to have that great defense. Otherwise you're like a national championship contender. So okay. I, I think that we probably can't re- re- rely on them to have a great defense again, but I think they score a ton of points, win a lot of games in the SEC where they are playing playing 
better defenses, but I think that Mike Leach has never even had a good job. Texas Tech's not a good job. Washington State's not a good job. Mississippi State's not a great job. Yeah, you're right, but there's a reason why he's not getting good jobs, too. Because if, you <laughs> if, you, if you're a, a point, top a 10 point. coach, you're going to get a good job at a good program. He's like a niche. Okay? He's like, he's Mississippi like, he's State like a, might be the best program. I mean, it's kind of on the same level as Texas Tech, I'd say. It's higher than Washington State, but... Here's what I'll say is that I like I don't I'm not trying to shit on Mike Leach cuz I like him. I think his offense is certainly fun to watch and very productive, but to put him in the top 10 I think is very much a stretch. He's to, to his title and is an, as a head coach. He has two, he has a one Pac-12 North Division championship, right? That's, That's a tough division, division to win, man. And then he has one Big 12 South Division. He's never even won his conference. Right, his best year was that Texas Tech year where they knocked off number one Texas, which was a great team. You had Michael Crabtree, a wide receiver. Those were really fun, and he's a fun coach and very likable. I like him a lot. We just always get caught up in him in the top ten. I think is sure, sure, sure. Okay, okay, I'll I'll give you that. But we always want to put these young up and comers, uh, Matt Campbell, Mario Cristobal. I will take Mike Leach over these guys all day. I mean, they they haven't proven anything. They haven't proven anything. Cristobal has got more conference championships than him after two years. Oregon, I. Truly believe if Mike Leach is Oregon, he's getting national championships, man. If Mike Leach gets a good job and someone gives him an, a shot, he's getting national championships or getting there. He would be just as good as Chip Kelly. I don't see a world where he wins a national championship. Maybe he wins well, his well. conference. He's never had a good defense. He's he, he's won one big game ever, and it was that Texas game, which was an upset, and it took the, one of the freakiest plays of all time for him to win it. Right. So I like him a lot, and I'm just, all I'm saying is that. So wait, if I go back year by year, I can't find one more big game win ever. I mean, that's the only one that comes to mind. Maybe he has, like, another big win, but he doesn't win a lot of big games. He's lo- he lost to Washington every fucking that, year. Against the best coach in the, in the division yeah, by far. Right. In the, in but the that's, what, that's the difference, coach. Tyler. Because Chris Peterson was a top 10 coach. That's the difference. Top that's 5 coach. Yeah. yeah, probably top 5. Definitely top 10. And so... All I'm saying is that I think I got myself into a predicament by saying top ten coach because we can name seven yeah. right now, eight that are clearly I above. Can, I, so if he was yeah. in the top ten, it would be nine or ten. I don't. So know. I, think I guess you my could easily name ten. Okay, yeah. I guess my point is he's very underrated. Yeah, he's underrated, and look, he's a good coach. But yeah, all I'm saying is that like over under on. Mississippi State wins. I have no next, idea. Next year. It's it's about the conference and the defense. Right. I know nothing about Mississippi State. I would State say, football. yeah, I think they'd be lucky to go seven and five next year, and I think they'd be lucky to win eight or more any year that he's there. I just don't think it's probably it's he a just great went to job. the toughest division exactly. in the entire That's score, what I'm saying. man. <laughs> is that like it's exciting because he's entertaining? But I, I just don't think that it'll he'll actually be very productive there. That's all I'm saying. I love it, and it may not. It's not just because of him. You're right. It's it's an extremely difficult conference. But it's the same thing with Lane Kiffin. It's like, I just don't see, you know, <laughs> Mississippi State and Mississippi, which, by the way, both fired their coaches potentially because of that one kid that lifted his leg and pissed and did the dog oh touchdown head. celebration. That set off a whole chain of events, right? Ole Miss's head coach gets fired shortly after that game. And then Mississippi State, Joe Moorhead, got fired because uh, they, they ended up uh, losing that game, right? Wasn't it? Or did Ole Miss? Ole Miss lost the game. And, uh, and so that, that just set off like a chain of reactions. <laughs> yeah, and I think both those guys, they fire, you know, Joe Moorhead and then uh, Matt Luke at Ole Miss. And it's like you're firing these guys and bringing in, okay, you're bringing in bigger names, but are they actually going to make it better for you? I don't think so. That's just my personal opinion. Well, well but, here's what I have to say. You just don't get it, do you? Oh, I get it. You don't. <laughs> I get it, Tyler. But either way, it's still big news. And I, 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 you're right. SEC media days are going to be lit. I have, an, I have another amazing. good sound clip for what's going on over okay. here with me. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm 
taking crazy pills. I think you are taking crazy pills, Tower. You're talking crazy. Uh, Mike Leach. But Mike Leach. And then, obviously, Joe Brady gone, which is, will have a big effect on LSU. But the other big piece of news, which I think isn't being talked about enough, Houston, the Houston Cougars, their quarterback, De'Eric King, announced he's transferring, I believe, just yesterday. So he was penciled in as being, you know, he, he was kind of thrown in the Heisman candidate. I'm saying with air quotes because I don't think a Houston Can he play next year? Yes, he can. Oh. Um, uh, uh, I, I, at least I think so. I, I don't know. I know that the NCAA said they're going to try to change those transfer rules. I'm going to see you. But he also basically said he might be able to because I think he got a, a red shirt for this year because he was injured. He got injured early on, but he looked very good. And one of the places I believe he has ties to and was being recruited to before he went to Houston, Oklahoma. I think he oh will be the next. God. He's going to be the next transfer quarterback in a long line of Lincoln Riley transfer <laughs> quarterbacks who will be in the Heisman discussion. That is my prediction. I think that he's that much of a talent. This guy is super athletic. He's he's somewhat similar as far as arm talent and athleticism to Kyler Murray. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're the same player, and I'm not saying he'll produce like Kyler Murray did because Kyler Murray was historic. But if he does pick Oklahoma, which a lot of people are speculating. We don't know where he's going to go crazy. yet. I think there's a very good chance that... I mean, look, you had Baker, you had Kyler, and then you had Jalen Hurts, all three transfer quarterbacks that came in and and, and the first two won the Heisman. Jalen Hurts finished second in the Heisman. I think this guy is that next dude. If he goes to Oklahoma, look out. He's extremely mobile and athletic. He's got an arm. He put up big numbers in the few games he did play at Houston, even as like a freshman. He was really young. And I think that I, I think there's a very good chance people should just pay attention to where he goes. That'd be if, exciting. If he goes to Oklahoma, it's going to be a big deal. I'm cheering for OU because I want exciting. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Be, it'd be uh, good to talk about on here. I, I had a question, too. I, I saw someone Will. on Twitter pose this. I don't remember who. Sorry, I can't credit you. But I was scrolling Twitter uh, last night after the game, and they posed this question. So, obviously, we saw Jamar Chase blow up and have an incredible game. He's been incredible all year long, the LSU wide receiver. He said... Who do you want right now? Who would you take? And I don't think this is in terms of like NFL teams. Just who do you want between Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, and CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma? I think, I mean, there's a lot of good receivers this year. I think it's pretty clear those three are probably the top three guys. Yeah. If you have to pick one to put on your team, who's it going to be? Probably Jerry Judy because he's big and possession receiver. He's going to be an immediate impact, but... I think CeeDee Lamb, and I said this last week, is going to be the better long-term receiver. Interesting. So, but you uh, pick Jerry Judy, you think? I, I mean, mean for going, if I'm if I'm early in the draft and I I'm Cincy, then I go receiver like Jerry Judy. If I'm late in the draft and I'm like uh, the Patriots or something like that, I go CD. CD. Yeah. Maybe I think all three wrong, of those guys go, go in CD. the top fifteen. That's my that's my prediction. I think all three of them go in the top fifteen wow. in the draft. I think they're that good. At the very least, they'll all go in the first round. It's such a you can't lose with that with any of these guys. By the way, they're all so talented. I think you're right about Jerry Judy being the best, just because he has everything. He has the speed, the size, the elite route running, all that. Jamar Chase, you know. God, he's so good. He's so big. And then CeeDee Lamb is like impossible to tackle. I just saw that question. And I thought, man, I don't know if you can pick. I think I might pick Jamar Chase last out of the three. And I, and I love Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, kind of the talent level I'd put CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy They're all going to be great, though. Yeah, for sure. But no, just an incredible, just to wrap it up, the National Championship game was great. It was, uh, it was a cool environment. And to see all that talent, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Clemson there again next year. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Sure. I mean, they're easy schedule. Another year of Trevor Lawrence, and yeah. they're finally yeah, starting true. to. Re- What's crazy is we talked about this on past shows. They're, Clemson's actually finally starting to recruit at the level of what they've played, which is elite. They always were kind of in that five to fifteen range, even while they were winning championships. And now, for the first time in the twenty twenty class, they're ranked number one. They could just be a powerhouse, and they're going to be. They're, they're going to be the next Alabama. As long as Dabo and the D coordinator stay there, they're yep. they're good for sure. Uh, Tower, you want to play? Uh, we have a segment, don't we? We do. Good cop, good cop, feeling natural report. Bad cop, asking you to distort. Good cop and bad cop. So the way this is going to work is Tyler and I are both police officers. We have Detective Walgie and Detective Chambers here. Nice to meet me. And speaking of which, before we get into it, Tyler, it's pretty fitting that you have a mustache and we're going to play a cop thing. (laughs) Because Tyler's mustache, he's been growing it now for what? Has it been three weeks? Uh, mustache? No, it's been since the 6th. It's only been about a week and a half now. The 6th? Yeah, That's, yeah of, almost uh, two weeks. Or not, you're right, a week and a half. Yeah. It, it looks good for for a week and a half, and yeah, I like it. I appreciate that, Will. You have a fine, vigorous mustache. You clearly come from superior stock. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's a genetic thing, huh? It's a fancy like boy mustache. Yeah, and I'm going, guess the name of what this is. This has a name. All right, so what it looks like... For those that can't see, it looks like a mix between a, it's like a three-way mix of a cop mustache, a pencil mustache, and a Fu Manchu. So I'm going to guess that it's called a pencil <laughs> chew. It's called the Dallas. The Dallas? Yes. Okay. And it's it's essentially just the half Fu Man. Okay. It's just you, you got to trim it up like halfway. I need a little coverage below the lip. I like that. I think that's classy. You do, and it looks like you trim the top part too. That's why I, I kind of like said to keep it, it clean. It's not very pencil-like, but it doesn't extend all the way up to your right. nose. No, right? I like to keep it's it a little. I like to trim bushy. it, keep it a little clean up here. Looks good. Thanks, Will. We went. You and I went to uh, the Nuggets game. We're in Denver. Yes. We went to the Nuggets game on Sunday night yes. against the Clippers. Nuggets Big win. won, by the way. Big, Big win. win for the Nuggets, our team, and. You know, you were like, and I feel, what did you say? You said something about like, <laughs> I, you feel different being a mustache guy out in Said, public. Uh, the world's a different place when you have a mustache. Exactly. Well. And people treat you as such, I think. They do. Respect, fear, all of that. Everything all rolled into it. one. <laughs> I want people to fear how much they respect me. Ah, Michael Scott. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you have what? a fine, vigorous mustache. You clearly come from superior stock. Clearly. Right, there we go. Well... It is perfect for being a police officer. So yes, good cop, bad cop. We're going to go through some teams here, and one of us will have to be the good cop, and the other one will have to be the bad cop, whether we like it or not. Yes. So what do you say we start with the LSU Tigers? LSU Tigers. All right, good cop, bad cop, go first. Uh, I will go first. We'll just do good cop first every right. time. Sounds good. I am the good cop here for LSU, which I'm glad. First of all, look, they won the national championship. We, how can you not start with that? They're champions. They're winners. They have Coach O who is a national championship coach. He's the most entertaining guy in the world. I don't know. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about him, even Alabama fans, teams that that he's beaten. They they don't have bad things to say about Coach Owen. It's because he's likable. Everyone loves him. How could you not love him? With the national championship, too, that means the fan base is going to be happy with him and with the team for probably three to four years at least. Uh, As long as they don't win three or four games a year, it's going to keep people happy. You won't be able to complain about it. He gets a longer leash because of it. And on top of that, recruiting. The recruiting is going to increase. They already are one of the best recruiting teams in the country. It's only going to get better after this national championship, seeing 
it'll be much easier for Coach O to go and sit on a couch and tell people, hey, I can win with you. I have already proven it. Then here's another thing. They're always going to be the top team in the state of Louisiana. They're not a team like Michigan where you have to compete with Michigan State or USC where you have all the California schools to compete with. All respect to the Raging Cajuns of the University <laughs> of Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, all of that. They're very good. But LSU is always going to be the top team in the state. And frankly, I think they're, they mean more to the people of Louisiana than the New Orleans Saints do. That's my personal opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. And lastly, Mike the Tiger one of the few <laughs> live mascots in the country. He's a real tiger. They're now on Mike 7, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just that, it's his habitat. I was reading up about his habitat. So in 2005, they, they built a new habitat for Mike the tiger. The amenities include lush plantings, a waterfall, a flowing stream that empties into a wading pond, and rocky plateaus. And this habitat ranks among the largest and finest tiger preserves in the entire country, Tyler. Mike's living a great life. Everything is good for LSU. I just don't know how you're going to be a bad copy. Uh, LSU plays in the toughest division in football. They got lucky this year with the... Lucky. By, by far the best. Am I going to have my turn here, Will? <laughs> I didn't interrupt you as the bad cop. I uh, they, they got lucky with the... And by the way, this is sort of... I think we should let the audience know. We're playing the good cop, bad cop. I yeah. like LSU. Tyler hates LSU. Uh, I can't stand LSU. <laughs> but this is what we're doing. Um, they got lucky because they had by far the best offensive coordinator who, if he were head coach of LSU and your boy uh, Ed Orgeron were not head coach, I think we see the exact same results this season. Best quarterback in football, if not the history of the game. I mean, we're talking Tim Tebow-like in terms of his impact on the sport, impact on his team. Look at this season. I mean, the undefeated season for how many good teams they played, prove it. But he's gone. The offense coordinator's gone. Everything that made LSU great this season is unfortunately gone. Alabama's going to be better. Auburn's going to be better. Texas A&M is going to be much better without the grueling schedule they had this year. I expect, as we talked about, Mississippi State to be on the rise. I just don't think LSU has anything to look forward to the next couple years. There's a lot more teams. I could see four teams in their own division with a better chance to win the national championship in the next five years in LSU. So LSU got their national championship while they could, but things not going to be looking up in Baton Rouge that much longer. That's a bad cop for you <laughs> right there. Just to tack on, you were talking about uh, about Joe Burrow being one of the best, maybe mm-hmm. like Tim Tebow level. He broke the record. He, he, uh, he set the record for most passing touchdowns in a season, 60 passing touchdowns, and he also ran it in for five or six. Do you want to know why I, what, why I think – what I think is different about Joe Burrow from the Tim Tebow's or maybe even like the Baker Mayfield's of college football of the past. I think what separates Joe Burrow is he is so elite when it comes to the NFL qualities. What makes the other guys stand out is they were always so great on the ground. And even though Joe Burrow's, he can scramble. Yeah, he's mobile. That, that, that's not, that doesn't define his game. Right. And so I think that he. You, you talk about projecting to the NFL, what doesn't he have that translates to today's NFL? So I see great things coming for Joe Burrow, and I think that's what separates him from the other guys historically who've been great. They've all done it with that fun college twist, right? Oh, he's great in college, but yeah. Joe Burrow's so different. And actually, he just looks so smooth back there sometimes. He's had games this season where he throws for over 500 yards. It looks like a normal game. Oh, yeah. Looks, he's got know, ice like, in his Wait veins, a minute. Man. What happened? Yep. Like, so he's, he's great. He's a bad man.
as are you, bad cop. Uh, <laughs> next team, University of Tennessee, the Volunteers. Yes. Good cop, Tyler. Good cop. Eight and five this year after a bad start. Now, things could have fallen off the wheels when the season got off to... Fallen off the wheels. Or fall, the, the wheels, wheels could have fallen off. off uh, they could have come off uh, when they got off to a bad start. But <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt righted the ship. As I said, finished eight and five, third in the SEC East. Will, you look at the total... Uh, starters, offense, defense of all 22 guys, they only had five seniors this year. They're bringing back a lot of talent, not that many NFL players leaving. So I expect Tennessee to take a step forward next year. Again, Jeremy Pruitt proved that actually he can not only get his guys motivated in really strange, bad spots for his team, but he knows X's and O's. He he has a good coaching staff around him. Uh, I think actually when you look at the uh, SEC East, Kentucky, they had a good season this year. Uh, a couple big pieces on offense going to leave. Missouri, I think, going to fall off this year. And uh, they, they fired Barry Odom, didn't they? So so that that's the reset button in Missouri as well. Georgia, we know how good they, they are. Yeah, 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 Georgia, we know how good they are. But I, I really believe, Will, that Tennessee could finish second in the division next year, above Florida. So I like Tennessee. I like Jeremy Pruitt. Good things happening. Uh, Rocket top Tennessee. Good More cop. like soggy top. Good Tyler. cop. We'll let you off with a warning. Mm-hmm. This time. I don't think so, kid. <laughs> You're going to be in the in the slammer for years. I'm the bad cop. Look, Tennessee, they just have problems. That they haven't This is a team that has delusions of grandeur and delusions of the past. They haven't won a conference championship since 1998. Tyler and I were still young children at that point. We were playing with Legos. Uh, well, I was reading Malcolm Gladwell, but you may have been still on the Legos. I don't think he wrote a book in 1998. <laughs> but maybe you were reading Mark Twain or something like that. Or maybe you know, maybe you're reading Clifford the Big Red Dog, Tyler. Uh, no, no conference championship since 1998. Not even a divisional title since 2007. They have one 10-win season since 2005. That's the last 15 years. In that same time period, seven five-win seasons. Okay, that's bad. They are holding on to the past. You have, if you're Tennessee, stop expecting to win the SEC and compete for championships. They view themselves as being okay. Yeah, we're right there. We're we are we have expectations of being the same as Georgia and Florida and LSU and Alabama. Start saying, you know what? We're more like Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Missouri and uh, and I don't know. Maybe you could say uh, Vanderbilt. Vandy. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, you maybe could. Now it's fine to expect better than Vanderbilt. But they just need to to adjust their expectations based off what they are now. They are a great historic program. I love the stadium. Uh, I like the colors. I you know the campus I've heard is great. All that the uh, the game day experience is great. But just from what you are as a football program, you're just not that anymore. You're not what what you were under Philip Fulmer. Those days are long gone. Change your expectations. And the last thing, the Tennessee Volunteers. I was reading this story. This is off of CityLab.com. Uh, today, this was done in 2019, fewer Americans are volunteering their time and money on a regular basis than ever in the last two decades. What the hell are you going with this? I'm, they're the volunteers. They're the oh. Tennessee volunteers, okay? The country's overall <laughs> volunteer rate reached a a, a two-decade peak in 2003. Also, that's about when Tennessee used to be good. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Today... Fewer Americans are volunteering their time and money on a regular basis, according to this report. Mm -hmm. The national volunteer rate hasn't surpassed 28.8% since 2005, 
And in 2015, it dipped to its lowest ever at 24.9%. So volunteers, big time stock down. That's, bad cop. that's, that's a good stat right there. It is. Can't volunteers is not good. All right. Who's up next? Baylor. The Baylor, Baylor Bears. That's you. You're the good cop. I am the good cop here. Okay, Baylor. I know Matt Rule just left you, but guess what? You can't. You brought the he brought the program back from an almost dead football program, which means that whoever does take over for him, they still haven't announced a new head coach. Whether they pick someone within the staff or they bring someone else in, whoever takes over for him at least is inheriting a program that's capable of winning that is in good shape. It it is moving in a positive direction. Uh, they had just one win two uh th- two years ago. Last year they go seven and five. This year they win eleven games. That's incredible. That that shows improvement. That shows me that that you are at a program where if you have the right coach, you can win. It's not like they're incapable of winning. The Big Twelve also, it's somewhat up for grabs. Outside of Oklahoma has been dominant. That second spot is absolutely up for grabs, which we saw this year. They played Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game. They played them twice and lost in one score games in both of those games. And especially if Lincoln Riley ever leaves for the NFL or for a different job, then the Big 12 is 100% up for grabs. No, We really don't know who the, the second best team in the Big 12 is every single year. So Baylor's there. The opportunities to win are there. And I have another fact here about Bears, the Baylor Bears. Bears are incredibly intelligent creatures. Oh, my God. <laughs> they have superior navigation skills compared to humans. Uh, that puts uh, Francis Magellan on the hot seat right there. He's the greatest navigator in world history, and apparently Bears are even better than that. They don't even get compasses and boats and stuff, and they always find their way around the woods. So they're doing well. They have a great sense of smell, a great sense of hearing. They uh, did I hear you reference Magellan? Yeah, Magellan. Magellan, you like Magellan? Oh yeah, my favorite explorer around the world. Come on, who do you like? I like DeSoto. <laughs> DeSoto, what did he do? He discovered the Mississippi. Oh yeah, like I wouldn't have found that anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, bear, M- Magellan's out, good. Yeah, Magellan is good. Turns out bears even better. They have superior navigation skills. They don't get lost in the mountains, Tyler, which humans do all the time. They get lost camping. They get lost hiking. Got to get a helicopter to come and That's rescue why them. Just don't camp. Bears have never lost. needed that. No, or just be a bear. So bears, absolutely in good shape, Tyler. Uh, Matt Rule, as you mentioned, you buried the lead there, Will. Matt Rule's gone. And as Matt Rule leaves, all success will leave as well. And Here's the thing. I I think that we need to kind of break up chunks of Baylor football because Baylor football did have an era where things were good and and, and winning was expected. Yeah, that era was 2011 to 2015, Will. That's four years, five years. The golden era of Baylor football. If you go outside of that, they're not a winning team. As a matter of fact, in all of the 2000s, they had 41 wins combined. If I keep going back, 1999, one win. 1998, two wins. Two wins, four wins, seven wins, six wins. Will, they didn't have a 10-win season from 1980 to 2011. So they're in Texas, but similar as we talked about to Texas Tech, they for some reason can't get their recruits. And actually... I alluded to it last week, something I heard on a different podcast that Matt Rule had this weird, unprecedented connection to high school coaches. And if you have that as a college coach in Texas, because Texas is recruiting-wise a little bit more insular of a state, you're going to have an advantage in upper hand in recruiting, which is what Matt Rule had. So I think the next guy coming in is going to have to have that, and the odds of them getting such a ingrained Texas guy just isn't going to happen. 
So again, Matt Rule's gone since our Bryles left. Seven and six, one and eleven, seven and six. They pretty much dropped off the map after their last good coach left. I think the same is going to happen here. And as I said before, 2013 years, six wins or under. This is just not a team who's used to going to bowl games unless they have a very, very, very good head coach. I don't think that happens. Stock down for the Baylor Bears. Nothing bad to say about bears as an animal though i notice because they're awesome also you know what you're kind of making my points for me here tyler because you mentioned <laughs> that they they didn't win like hardly any games in the 90s and early 2000s and yet all of a sudden they're winning games to no, me no, no. i think that means the stock is going up on baylor they're improving they're but, becoming a football program but that's with art briles and matt rule and, mm-hmm. and, and they've two hit on two coaches, coaches in a row yeah. so that's the thing but matt rule went what if you look at matt rules you want to go matt rule total career record here because no. that's a very different thing I, well, yeah, because he went 111 exactly. the first year. Exactly. So then what he got six then, more wins the next year and five more the year after that. Okay. So which means that if he had means, stayed this year, he would have won like 18 games, Tyler. Which means which that means the he'd win the national championship. had such an impact. And the couple guys he was able to either bring over from the transfer role or from this, because they had a lot of sophomores who were contributing, maybe the more, most sophomores in the entire Big 12, that was a factor. So, again, if they get another great coach, because I think we all agree, Art Bryles is – as weird as that breakup was, Art Bryles was a really, really good coach. That dude knew how to recruit. That dude knew how to coach. Matt Rule, very, very good coach. So they've hit home runs two times in a row. If you're asking me, is Baylor going to hit a home run three times in a row with head coach when other schools like Alabama and even Michigan can't do that? I don't think it's possible. Well, you did say that they had lots of sophomores, which means they'll be back next year. So okay. once again, making my points for me, <laughs> Tyler. Uh, next up... The it's tough to be a bad cop with Baylor, though, man. USC. It is. That was a difficult role. <laughs> USC Trojans. Tyler, good cop. Good cop. Clay Helton just got backed by new athletic director Mike Bone. And not necessarily that new. He was hired last November. But I'm familiar with Mike Bone. He used to be the athletic director at the University of Colorado, and he was uh, let go, I want to say, seven, eight years ago. So he's entered uh, the new AD for USC, and a lot of people thought he'd come in clean house. Well, he backed Clay Helton. I think that's very positive because Clay Helton and, and the USC Trojans didn't have that bad of a season this year. They went 8-5. and five. By the way, we talked about returning starters for Tennessee. Guess how many returning starters USC has both offense and defense? Mm, 17. 20. Oh, excuse me, 19. Yikes, that's Isn't a lot. Isn't that crazy? That 19 of 22 are, are coming back, including quarterback Keaton Slovis. This is also a USC team who should be so much better than everybody else in their division. I expect USC to probably go undefeated next year in division because this will be Clay, Clay Helton's make-or-break year. They're bringing in new offense. I think USC is going to score some points next year. I believe we could see... The ceiling for USC next year would be the playoffs, would be double-digit wins, winning the Pac-12. They are completely capable in terms of the players on the field. The question is, is Clay Helton capable of putting a full season together? Well, the good cop says the answer is yes there. With two seniors leaving, USC, green light ahead, says the good cop. All right, well, bad cop is back in the uh, interrogation room here. I'm I'm sparking up a cigarette and I'm about to just burn it right in USC's arm. I'm about to about to to put it out on USC's arm. Look, you mentioned Mike Bone. First of all, I wonder if he's related to Ken Bone. I hope so. <clears throat> With a name like Bone, how many bones are there out there, right? Mike Bone, Ken Bone. Hey-o. Who knows? He 
You said he backed Clay Helton, and I think that's an interesting way to put it. He may have said, yeah, he's our coach, but I think that's more an indication of, oh, we looked elsewhere and no one else wanted this job, and the reason why I think that is because they didn't extend his contract. He only has one season left on his contract, and they said, yeah, he's our coach, but we're not going to extend him because we don't want him for more than one year. If that's a backing, then that's a backing by an invertebrate, I say, spineless. Uh, Trojans also, he's on a roll, folks. <laughs> they, they Tip your waitress. It's the, funny to watch him fall over. The recruiting has fallen off completely. They finished, I believe, outside the top 70 of the power five programs in, re- in recruiting in the 2020 class. When you're in one of the hotbeds of recruiting, which is the Southern California area, and you are a program that has traditionally recruited very, very well, that is a absolute sign that things are going in the wrong direction. Oregon taking over the top spot in the Pac-12. And look, Trojans don't even exist anymore. Your mascot is more associated <laughs> with condoms than with ancient history. Trojans, the, Troy lost the Trojan War. It's named after them, and they lost the war. Trojans suck. Uh, USC sucks. Bad cop. I'm, uh, th- they're going to jail forever. All right, who we got up next? Michigan Wolverines. Michigan Wolverines, and I believe I'm the good cop Tyler here. Is the good cop? That's like it's like warmed up oatmeal. All right, so we're gonna go. Michigan and here well let me, let me tell you why it's positive with uh, the Wolverines first of all Jim Harbaugh everyone's freaking out and I think it's crazy I live in a world where my college football team they just hired Mel Tucker and I am like okay if this guy can be a good coach we're all doing backflips over here it's not easy to get a good solid coach in your program Jim Harbaugh Michigan guy coming back I think everyone's freaking out because they went oh yeah nine and four this year with losses to Alabama Wisconsin Penn State and Ohio State everybody take a breath the Big Ten was at their best this year they uh, you still got to have faith and I think you talk about a top 10 coach in football how do you not put Jim Harbaugh in the top 10 I mean, maybe he hasn't won the biggest games, but I still have faith in him. He's shown he can do it at every level. If you're going to tell me that Jim Harbaugh is going to get out coached, that's crazy. Maybe his offense was a little antiquated the last couple of years. I have faith in Michigan. As long as they can solve the quarterback situation, which they seem, a couple young guys in there, they seem to be set up pretty well for the next few years. I think the good cop says all things are good in Michigan. The Big Ten was so good this year. I know they didn't beat a very good, maybe all-time good Ohio State team. Pump the brakes, getting so upset because he's not winning big games things are going to turn around in michigan before you know it uh good cop says it's all good in ann arbor tyler's gonna make me be the bad cop for my (laughs) own team here and i will do it look it's pretty simple michigan can't beat ohio state they haven't beaten ohio state once basically in the last two decades i think it's been one win in the last 17 years uh if they can't beat ohio state that means they can't win the east division which means they can't win the big 10 which means they can't make the playoffs, which means they can't recruit at an elite level. Look at that linear logic right there. Which means they can't beat Ohio State, which means, and on and on and on, this vicious circle goes until my entire soul withers away and all that's left of me is like a skeleton. I look like Voldemort fresh out of a a cauldron in Harry Potter, right? There's nothing left of me. Michigan is slowly eating away at my soul and eating away at the souls of all their fans. And, And the fact that that, yeah, maybe we can't find someone else better, but are you just going to sit here and accept the mediocrity and say, yeah, it's fine. We'll just get our, our teeth kicked in by Ohio State every fucking year. It's just going to continue on and on and on until eventually the world just comes to an end, Tyler, and that's how it's <laughs> going to be. Michigan, you're in the in the jailhouse. I don't like it. All right, guys, hope you like that and hope everybody has a uh, nice night. I know there's uh, some... 
A little bit going on in every sport tonight. So good luck, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.